Well, today, as you know, is uh, not only the uh, first Sunday in Lent, but the beginning of the first full week of Lent. And uh, as you already also know, today also happens to be Valentine's Day, which is a day of uh, gifts and flowers and uh, candy, at least for those who haven't given up candy for Lent. And uh, uh, is a day for the three little words that are bathed in immense power for those who hear the sweet sound of, I love you, or be my valentine. If you hear those words today, it's a wonderful day. If you don't hear those words today, it's a day to get through. But let me just say to all of you that if you think that Valentine's Day is about uh, chocolates and flowers and three little words, uh, let me invite you to think again, because... uh, The story goes that Valentine's Day has its actual origins in the life of a third century priest whose name was Valentine, or Valentinius in Latin. And Valentine lived during the uh, time of the Roman Emperor Claudius II. And Claudius II uh, was having a difficult time populating his army with young men who were willing to be soldiers because of their attachments to uh, their wives and their fiancés and their families. And so uh, to eliminate or reduce those attachments and get more young men to join his army, Claudius issued an edict banning all marriages and all engagements until he could build up his army once again. But Valentine disobeyed the edict. And for the sake of love and of blessing, he continued to perform weddings in secret. That is, until his actions were discovered by Claudius II, who had Valentine arrested, brought in front of the Roman prefect, where he was sentenced and beaten to death with clubs, after which he was decapitated, according to some sources, on February the 14th which is commemorated to this day on many church calendars around the world as the martyrdom of St. Valentine. Ha! (laughs) So, if someone asks you today to be their Valentine, don't do it! And if someone offers to be your valentine, ask them how they feel about losing their head for you and see how they react. One other thing, according to legend, while Valentine was waiting for his execution, he is said to have sent a farewell message to his jailer's daughter who had befriended him in prison. And that message sent by Valentine is the genesis of our custom of going to CVS and spending $4.99 on our Valentine's for the people we love. Now let's get back to Lent. Which, as I said to you uh, last Wednesday, is 40 days long to commemorate the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness after his baptism in the Jordan River, and during which time he was tempted to sell his soul to the devil. But instead of caving in to the father of lies, Jesus responds by sending a message And it's a message that begins with three little words. It is written. When the issue was hunger and Jesus was tempted to turn stones into bread, he says, it is written. 
One does not live by bread alone. And in Matthew's gospel, we also have the words, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is a quotation of Deuteronomy chapter 8. When the issue was worship, he skips back just two chapters to Deuteronomy 6, and he says, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And when the issue was power, he does it again and says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Every time Jesus was tempted, he had a word with him from the scriptures that he learned as a boy growing up in the Galilean town of Nazareth. Every time he was tempted, he knew immediately the word that would give him strength and power that would defeat the devil and send the father of lies away. This little episode, which we hear every year at the beginning of Lent in the church's life, is just chock full of uh, ideas with respect to those moments when you are so empty, not just physically, but spiritually, that you are tempted to eat whatever this world is ready to hand to you, or worship something or someone more than the Lord of life, no matter how bad they are for you. On the other hand, this episode also is chock full of possibilities for having God's word with you in your life and in the face of the temptations, the challenges, the losses, the decisions and the questions that come into your life. And so my question to you today is, what would it be like for you to have his word with you? Not just in your Bible, but in your heart and in your mind. So when those, those moments do happen, and they are going to happen to you, guaranteed, you will be immediately ready, and you will be able to think about what God thinks of you, and maybe even to discern what God thinks of the decision that you're about to make. Not because the Bible tells us every single thing, but because it tells us enough to be able to navigate through this beautiful and often broken world, confident that our final, ultimate victory is in him. And so, you know, I still think of the person, you know, who said, uh, hey, pastor, where in the Bible does it say a penny saved is a penny earned? And and I say, you know, I think Benjamin Franklin actually said that. <laughs> oh, I thought he said, spare the rod and spoil the child. No, that's in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs. You know, which is to say to you that uh, I certainly don't have the Bible memorized, not by a long shot, and I read it every day. Although one of my professors in seminary had the whole New Testament memorized and was working on the Old Testament when I was there. I've shared that uh, around. But it is to say to you that the more you have his word with you, the more it's in your heart and in your mind, the better you will be equipped to face the temptations and the losses and the challenges and the decisions and the questions that come your way. And I've seen this a thousand times. Not because the words are magic, but because the more you know somebody's words, the better you know the person. And the better you know the person, the stronger your relationship with that person is bound to be. It's as simple as that. And so there's that great verse, you know, that says, always be ready 
uh, to give your answer to those who ask about the hope that lies within you, but do it with gentleness and with respect. That's from 1 Peter chapter 3. Because at the end of the day, the devil doesn't want you to have God's word with you. And the devil doesn't like it when you bet your life on the promises of God. Nor does he like it when you, in your life, use your words and you send messages to the people around you that help them to discover a relationship with the God of grace and the peace that passes all understanding and a relationship with a community in which Jesus is alive for people who are saved by grace and whose sins are forgiven. Uh, Many of you remember that uh, two weeks ago, I invited you to provide your written words in testimony of the grace and the blessings of God uh, in your life so that your words written down will become part of our message to people out there who need to know that there is a God who loves them and a church that is ready to welcome and, and embrace them. And during the last several days, I have read many of your words. And I will tell you, I am blown away. For example, it is written by one of you that our church is a place of good news because everyone is accepted for who they are and not what they are. It is written by another one of you. When I come here, I feel my burdens being lifted. And by another, that this is a safe place to express love and appreciation to one another. And by someone else, I see God's presence when I walk into our church and I feel at home and at peace. One person wrote, God has blessed my life at St. Andrew by making me feel important in a place where the words of God come alive. Another said, I love this place. It lifts my heart. Once you attend, you will understand. Another said, the church is composed of a bunch of sinners. And St. Andrew, everybody gets that. And because of it, we can put our pride aside and boldly proclaim the gospel. Another said, no matter what is happening in your life, there is a community of love where I am reminded to never give up on God's plan for me. Someone else wrote, I was supported and lifted up in prayer during a time of personal crisis in my life. Somebody else wrote, I finally enjoy church (laughs) after so many years. And you know what? The devil hates it when you enjoy church. It is written by one of you that I see God's presence at communion where I picture those who have gone before us which I really appreciate very much because I often do that myself. One of you sent a message to come as you are and then said, and I'll come and sit beside you. Is that great or what? Handful of you went, you know, way beyond those green sheets that you might remember and wrote pages, literally pages of words about the work of Christ in your life in good times, in awful times times. And all of those words were absolutely amazing to me. One person wrote, God bless my life at St. Andrew by giving me a family. 
And one person wrote, God bless my life at St. Andrew by teaching me how to make pulled pork. (laughs) Stan Jackson, spiritual hero. I mean, if that's what it takes, glory to God. And no kidding, this is just a small sample of the literally hundreds and hundreds of things that were written by you to send a message of love to people who need to know that there is a God of grace and a church that will welcome them in. Don't get me wrong. Your words really aren't at their core about how great we are or our church is. Because what we really are, as one of you wrote, is a bunch of sinners. But what they're really all about at their core is how great God is. Because without the Lamb of God who went into the wilderness, who fought my battle against sin, against the devil, against death itself, this would be a very, very different story. These are the words about the one who shows up at every baptism as he did again today and said, this one's mine. And who looked at every sin I ever committed in my life and said, I'm going to the cross for that one too. Uh, You know, many of you are uh, aware that our daughter Andrea is a teacher in a Lutheran school. And uh, on Friday, they had their Valentine's Day party. And one of the homemade Valentine's Day cards that uh, she received from one of her students was from a little boy by the name of Caleb. And uh, in that card was written the words of Scripture. We love him because he first loved us. And in that card was written the words of Caleb to his teacher, which said, I love you, and I want you to be God's friend forever. And between Caleb's word and God's word was glued a stick of gum. (laughs) Seen this. This is how the message of love gets spread from Caleb to his teacher, to the teacher's father, to the father's congregation, and on and on. And so, except for the stick of gum, I think I'll just leave it right there for you today because some of you here may not think that you have a valentine in your life. But the fact is, You do. Your valentine is Jesus Christ, the great high priest who gave his life for the sake of love and who now sends messages to you every day of his grace and his truth and his guidance in your life so that you can have them with you in the face of whatever temptations, whatever challenges, whatever losses, whatever questions, whatever decisions that you make in your life. And so you can take the message and forward it to those who still need to know 
that we are saved by the God of grace who loves us and that they can have a place in a family the Bible calls the bride of Christ. And so, may you have a word with you and may you take it with you wherever you go and may you always be God's friend forever. Have a happy Valentine's Day and a blessed Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.